Welcome in on a snowy, nasty Tuesday. Have not been able to say that all season long. Our first big one of the year. Good to have you on board. Bill Michael show today. And uh, outside the studio, it is, uh, it's coming down rather brisk, as I'm sure it is in just about every other area of the state of Wisconsin. And I guess the, uh, the worst is yet to come. So uh, we'll see. I am uh, supposed to get out of here today and start heading towards lacrosse. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll see. If it uh, continues to deteriorate, it could be the end of the program, could be the Grand Bill Show, because uh, I might have to take a few extra hours just to get there coming up later on tonight. We're going to be at Flipside Pub and Grill tomorrow in lacrosse uh, for the Bill Michaels Huddle tomorrow night. Going to be at the, uh, the fine studios of, uh, studios of WKTY doing the show there tomorrow out in lacrosse as well. So, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully the roads, uh, the highways anyway, uh, remain open. Uh, they're t- I mean, I don't know what it's like out in uh, Madison area, Grant, but they're telling everybody here, uh, stay off the roads, don't go out. They've closed all the schools, um, you know, uh, be- not because of the morning, because the morning, I mean, like out in front of my house, it's okay. The roads are just a little slushy, but I guess uh, later on today is going to get kind of nasty. Now, what's it like out there? Uh, it wasn't too bad when I left my apartment over the 20 minute commute closer to 10 o'clock. I think it's getting worse. There were a couple cars spun out on, on the highway. I went slow. I left extra early. You know, I'm Mr. Responsible, Bill. We got a show to put on. Yeah. The show must go on. Um, but yeah, it's, it's getting worse. And I brought a shovel. I'll probably have to dig my car out at the end of the day today, but really, that's, okay. that's fine. It'd be a good workout. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I am uh, supposed to head off to lacrosse and I am getting uh, a friend of mine who is out there. Uh, you and I both know. Who's out there is kind of giving me uh, the the lowdown is to say you know how bad it's getting and I just said hey if it starts getting really bad let me know and then I'll get out of here relatively early uh, the only other thing I could possibly do and I thought about this I thought you know what go as far as you can stay somewhere overnight and then get up really early in the morning after the snow has kind of subsided and then finish the the trek into lacrosse so we'll see but uh, but got that going on today in the meantime uh, we've got uh, we got Matt Lafleur don't we from yesterday. Yes, sir. The media, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and I, I'm a little off my game today. I went to bed last night with this crud, whatever it is in my head, and I thought, you know what? I I watched the uh, national title game. By the way, I uh, and I don't want to put too much stock into the national title game, but it is a national title game. But uh, Michael Penix Jr. I I really have watched him a lot this season, uh, and I've seen a lot of his highlights, and I've loved the way he's thrown the football. I know he got banged up last night. But not a good night last night. Did not have a good night. Missed a couple open receivers that no, normally he never would. It looked like the moment got really big for Washington. And Michigan just went about their business, and they pounded the rock, and they controlled it pretty much from the beginning of the game. And um, uh, I, it pains me to say this, but two things came out of last night. One is I thought, you know what, uh, good for the Big Ten. Because we're not sitting here talking about another SEC team winning a championship. We're not hearing the discussion of Nick Saban. We're not hearing the, the discussion of Kirby Smart and the domination of Georgia and how the SEC is king of the hill. We're not hearing any of that. And uh, so that, to me, uh, was good. And then the other aspect of that, to me, personally, uh, it's like it, that's the level that people have to play at. Whether it's Wisconsin or even going, because you know me, I can't stand Ryan Day at Ohio State. Can't stand the man. Uh, I think he's a terrible head coach. I, I always have, always will. He just chokes in big games and just uh, – he he himself, I believe, has cost 
the Buckeyes a few games, and I just kept thinking to myself, um, you you know, as much as Urban Meyer owned Michigan, now Michigan owns Ohio State. And until Ryan Day's gone, nothing's going to change. So I thought, well, you know, may, I think Ryan Day has naked pictures of the athletic department myself, how he keeps his job, but that's just my thought. Um, however, I am glad that they didn't can Ryan Day last year uh, because that would have meant maybe that Luke Fickle might have ended up going up north to uh, to Ohio State and not coming to Wisconsin. But uh, I, I just, boy, to watch what Michigan did last night and the way they did it, and they wanted, uh, like we discussed, they wanted in the trenches. And we had Jake Butt on the other day from the Big Ten Network, and he was telling us, hey, don't don't look past the trenches because uh, Michigan just dominates there. Yeah, they, they and they did in every aspect. Offensive line-wise, they were able to blow it open and run the ball almost at will. And that's really what controlled the game. And uh, so kudos to Michigan. Michigan just just beat up on Washington, and they uh, they won a national title. It pains me, though, to see the Harbaugh's there celebrating. Jim and John, eh, you know, oh, well. And then the dad got into the mix. Did you see that during the postgame speech? Did you see their dad got into the mix? I saw the he dad. Got, he I gave the pep talk. I didn't see uh, the dad say anything. I did saw John snuck onto the sideline during the game and gave his brother a hug, which was kind of cool. I missed the dad John, speech, I, though. I don't mind John. I, I really don't. I don't mind John Harbaugh. I, I think he's a really good coach. I respect what he's done with the Ravens. Uh, the fact that he's got him back, uh, you know, as the top seed in the AFC again. I, I, I respect John. I don't like Jim. Uh, you know, ever since his days, you know, scandal-wise back at uh, Stanford and then, you know, everything that uh, went on out at uh, San Francisco and, and such, uh, I, I've never been a Jim Harbaugh fan. Uh, but then they gave the mic to his dad, who then started revving up the crowd. And I'm like, okay, I mean, it's great that you can share it with your family, I guess. But I don't know, I maybe mean, Dad just screaming up there that I got two boys that I got as head coaches that have won championships and they came from my loins. I mean, what what else are you going to yell? You know, so he's uh, he's 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 shooting out pedigree, I guess. It's that's, that's it's funny. We've seen two times now in three weeks when you give a retired football coach a mic and it's like the light switch flips right back on yeah. and they're into coach like Jimmy Johnson yeah. two weeks ago and then Jack Harbaugh. The they can retire right. coaching, but they always have that that little gene or or that thing in them. Uh, that doesn't yeah. go away. Yep, yep. That's exactly what it was last night. He got the mic and went went off on a rant. So I'm like, okay. That's about the time I went. Okay, I've had enough of, enough of the hard balls, and I went click, and that was it. So I, I so last night my night consisted of just anything that was in the house that was chemical that I could throw in my body, and I thought just sleep. Try to sleep through the night because I can't sleep through the night. My head fills up. You can't breathe. You're choking. You know, you're snoring, and then you wake yourself up. And so I threw everything in me last night, and it, and it was absolutely the worst because then, then I was awake all night. I don't know why, but I was, and so I didn't get the sleep that I'd hoped for. So anyway, yeah, why, why, why? But I'm trying to get rid of the crud. Hopefully it's uh, – I feel okay. It's just my head is just, just like, stuffed. It's like I just, like – they put 47 cotton balls up my nose, and I can't breathe. So anyway, uh, that's where we're at today with all of that stuff. Uh, we, do we got Jim Ozarski today? I haven't Our talked to Jim. Jim, Jim m- might not have never went to bed last night with the type of game that the Bucks played. Right. Uh, he might still be writing his story about that game. So I'll shoot him a text. But we do have Ryan Wood. We got Mike Renner, Mike Clemens in the third hour as well. It'll be kind of nice yep. to go back-to-back days with Mike. Uh, I'll see if we can fit Jim in. We can talk yeah, about the disaster. Yeah, if we can get Jim in, <laughs> and, and that, that's, that, that's the reason. I mean, we didn't talk about it yesterday. I know it was over on the live stream, and 
People get so mad on Mondays when I can't believe you're not talking about the Bucks. It's a green and gold Monday. It doesn't so stop. But we do have to address it. What the hell? This team, I like Adrian Griffin. I like his energy. I like his 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 willingness to bend. I like the fact that he he is learning on the fly. I, I have to understand all of that. But they gave this team to a rookie head coach, and the team is running the team. And this team refuses at this point. I have never seen a collection of, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to piss a lot of Bucks fans off, okay? I love watching Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez and Giannis, to a certain extent, play defense because they are tenacious, they get after it, they continue to give you effort. It's not always perfect, but they continue to give you effort. This is the laziest bunch of non-defensive playing MFers I have ever seen. They make Michael Red look like Defensive Player of the Year. There is no D in this team at all. And I thought, you know what? You get rid of Drew Holiday, yeah, you're going to lose a little bit. But guys aren't just going to let it go by the wayside. Oh, God, I was wrong. This team has no effing clue how to play defense. None. None. They don't care. They don't want to. They don't, they, they, you know, you've got Adrian Griffin raising his hands up and, and throwing his arms in the air over on the sideline, and they look at him like, what are you getting all worked up about? There is nothing good defensively about this team. I mean nothing. You watch, Brooke, if I'm Brooke Lopez, I'm grabbing people by the shirts, saying, look, I'm in here killing myself. I'm blocking shots. I'm protecting the rim. I'm stuffing guys when they come into the lane. I'm playing a little old-school basketball. And what do you do? You're, I watched shots go up. And this is what I want you to watch. Shots go up from the opponent or on on the offensive side and watch the guys begin to trail the other way. Nobody crashes a board. Nobody grabs a man to hang on to him. Nobody gets in front of anybody. Nobody can play a pick and roll to save their life. It's, it's, it's the most embarrassingly bad display of basketball I've seen in a long time. They all want the rock, and they all want to shoot, and they all want the three, and they all want to do their poses, and they all want to run down the court and get the accolades, and they want to be cool. But nobody wants to do the grunt work on this team. Nobody. I mean nobody. And it's, it's embarrassing. It's not even a brand of basketball worth watching. It's that bad when it comes to playing defense. There, I said it. And now you can get pissed off, Bucks fans. I really don't care because they're not going to win a championship. Not like this, they're not. They're not going to win a championship. So all that uh, Dame time and all that crap, it doesn't matter. They're not winning a championship. It's just not going to happen. 877-867-1670. And again, uh, Safety Doc says, I just don't understand how they hand this premium team over to a first-time ever head coach. I just think they were looking for a voice. I, you know, I just think they were looking for a, just a different voice, somebody that would get along with everybody that wasn't harping on them. And you know what? And this is, this is completely typical of today's athlete. You get a lot of superstars together. You got to find somebody that can go in there and pat them on the head. And there is a fine line for treating guys with respect and still getting the most out of them. But this is what you get. This is what you get because they don't want coaches that are going to ride their ass. They don't want that. And when you give them a coach that they can walk all over, they'll do it. 
So you're not going to get anything out of that. You know, and this is something that, you know, apparently Giannis put his stamp of approval on. Now, I know Giannis, uh, I, I know Giannis has spoken out, um, but I, I don't I don't know what he's got to do. And, and this is the other thing. If Giannis gets frustrated with the guys in the locker room, people talk about whether or not the team will put talent around him. The team's put talent around him, and they've done everything he's asked them to do. But eventually he'll get tired of the garbage that's in the locker room and say, you know what, if you're not even going to try, why am I here? Why am I here? If you're not even going to stick an arm, I mean, don't get me wrong, they're starting to show their age as well. It's time to go with the youth movement, and Giannis is going to have to understand that. If he doesn't, then he's a complete hypocrite. But this team looks old. Looks old. It just does. They're slow, they're lethargic, and then they're effortless, and it just looks bad. Uh, 877-867-1670. Okay, uh, that's their, our opening rant of the day. In the meantime, the Green Bay Packers continue to get ready for Dallas. Off today, uh, guys coming in, getting treatment, that kind of thing, and then uh, back at it again tomorrow, back on the practice field and getting ready for the Dallas Cowboys coming up on Sunday. A reminder, a reminder, we are going to be uh, at Nice Ash Cigar Bar. Nice Ash coming up on Sunday. It's a watch party. We're going to be there coming up this Sunday. From uh, Doors open up at noon. Uh, the game comes on. Then we got the Green and Gold Post Game Show live from the Nice Ash uh, down at 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha, supporting all the local businesses. So if you want to bring some food in from People's Park or Mama Mia's or you want to bring it in from Jimmy's Grotto or Tofty's Table or anyplace else down there, go get it. Bring it on in. Sit down. Enjoy yourself. We're going to have a great time. Sit down and hopefully talk about a Packers win. But it's kind of like put all the money on the table. It doesn't matter. You're playing with house money at this point. So the Packers going to Dallas, and we're going to watch it from Nice Ash, uh, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. More of the Bill Michael. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. program got uh, a little bit later on today about an hour from now a matter of fact uh, ryan wood of the green bay press gazette uh is going to be jo- or ryan wood of the uh, journal Sentinel is going to be joining us and uh, packersnews.com uh, mike renner is going to be here from pro football focus mike clemens going to join us a little bit later on today so we got uh, a lot of good stuff coming up uh, mike renner covers the draft specifically for pro football focus he, he does know a lot about the nfl don't get me wrong but we're going to touch base with him about uh, the upcoming draft and a lot of these, uh, a lot of these guys that are coming up in it, and who may be beneficial to the Green Bay Packers. It's never too early to start talking about draft, but uh, the depth of crop—that's what we're looking for. The depth of crop. So you want to see what the uh, crop of wide receivers, the crop of tight ends, the crop of offensive linemen, the crop of defensive backs, and such look like. So we'll talk with him about that. So we've got that going on, and then we'll talk about the development of some of the uh, some of the Packers players and uh, how they look in their their first year so good stuff uh, there as well uh this one's from uh, greg greg says uh, hey bill couldn't agree more i was watching the uh, bucks game the other day and my god they don't play any defense at all what do they have to do maybe an incentive well let me let me stop you there they get paid a ton of money i'm not going to throw additional money in to make them play defense 
You know what I mean? I mean, they're already getting paid a, a buttload of money. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I understand what you're saying because I care about the almighty buck. But there's no way. No way I'm paying them more money to go play defense. I mean, it's part of the game. It's At this point in time, you would assume that your own pride would push you to play defense, would push you to play a better brand of basketball. Because right now you're playing kind of this craptastic street ball in the backyard. It, you know, and, and guys are doing things because they can. Giannis, you can't shoot a three to save your life, so stop doing it. You're terrible. You can't shoot a three. You're not Dirk Nowitzki. Stop it. You're terrible. Every now and then you'll get a night where you actually shoot a decent percentage, and that's the worst thing in the world that can happen to you. And nobody in that organization has the balls to say, hey, Giannis, you suck from beyond the arc. Stop it. Stop it. You're costing your team. It's just throwing away a possession. So, uh, But I, I digress. Uh, this was from Timothy. Timothy says, uh, do you really believe that the Packers can beat Dallas? I heard you talking yesterday that said they had a – that they said they had a 76% chance to win me in the Dallas Cowboys and the Packers with a 24% chance. I don't give them that much. I think the team has played pretty well, but this is where the season comes to an end. Uh, book it. It's not about that. Do I think they have a shot? Yeah. Why not? Right? You get a couple of turnovers. It changes. It can dictate the change of the game. Absolutely. But it's, this is not about winning a bas- – or excuse me, i am got my head thinking of bucks. This is not about winning a football game. This is about getting the experience of what the postseason is like for ev- what everybody wanted to point out all season long was being the youngest team in, in the NFL. That's what everybody's talking about. So now it's all about getting that experience. Nothing more than that. It's, it's just go down there. Let it all hang out. You're playing with house money. Just let it hang out. That's it. And who knows? I mean, if you play a really good game, I, I mean, I know I was watching Good Morning Football this morning, and all they talked about was, you know, Jordan Love, the hottest hand coming into the postseason. Okay. Yeah, I can see that because he has been playing extremely good. NFC Player of the Week a couple of weeks ago, the game he had against the Bears, absolutely, 100%. I completely agree with that sentiment. But he's got to have the rest of the team on that same level or better for them to win. Joe Barry's defense has to play better for them to win. You, you, you're not playing the Bears and you're not playing the Vikings, teams scrambling just to kind of make something of their, uh, of their season. You're playing a team that has nothing but Super Bowl aspirations. That's it. That's where their season then becomes defining. So the the level you've played at, what I want them to experience is, now here's the level here. It's one thing to play a team that's trying to figure out if they're going to keep their quarterback or if they're just trying to get a win over you in the division. Those are hard-fought games. But now you're going into where they want to bury you. They want to bury you early. They want to bury you often. They want to beat the absolute crap out of you. And then they want to rest their guys and move on and get ready for the next round. You don't matter to them. You're, you're not a rival. It, it, none of that matters. All they are is the opponent that believes that they belong in the Super Bowl. And this is the level of intensity you want these guys to experience. That's it. That's it. That's, that's, that's all 
I want them to experience. And if by chance they figure out a way to win, then that's great because that means they're learning. That means they've got a tenaciousness to them. You know, I, I go back to what Aaron Jones said in the locker room the other night when he said, hey, I'll go to battle with these guys any day of the week. There's a camaraderie here. There's something special here. You, you want to expound upon You want guys to understand that, feel that, breathe it. You want them to feel the intensity. You want them to feel it when the lights go out in Dallas uh, just before, you know, the, the, the teams line up to, to face one another, the intensity in there when the crowd's going crazy and the Cowboys are being introduced and you can feel the energy and it's deafening and it's like rocking your soul, man. That's what you want. You want all of that. And that way they can experience and go, okay, this is what postseason football's like. It's unlike anything you've ever played before. Now, there are guys on this team that have been there. Don't, under, don't, don't get me wrong. And the young guys will have to rely upon the veterans to say this is what it's going to be like. But I just I remember the year the Packers won the Super Bowl, go back to 2010, I remember sitting talking, and it was a conversation. The, the locker room was getting ready to close. I'm sitting next to Ryan Pickett, and – I'm talking to him about this, and I was asking him, you know, like, what, what, what is your message? And he had talked about how he had talked to the defensive guys, and he said, I told him you got to eat the booze like candy. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, because you're going to go to Philly. You're going you, you're to have to end up in Chicago. If you end up in Chicago, you got to go to Atlanta. And they're, they're going to the first place in Philadelphia that is going to boo you they're going to call your mom all kinds of names. And he, he, like he said, he said, you got to eat it like candy. You got to want more of it. You got to say, bring it on because it's going to give me more and more energy. You got to figure out a way to get there. You know, and, and, and I talked to him after the game and he, he said it was great. It was great. And he, he said at one point, some guy was ripping him. I can't remember what it was about, but it was probably, he's, I, I, if I remember the conversation correctly, it was something about his weight or something like a big ass or I, I can't remember the whole deal. But I remember he kept saying, he kept pounding his chest saying, bring it, bring it, want more, give me more, give me more. And he said, the more the guy brought it, the, the more amped up he got. And guys around him got amped up. It's just, you, you got to figure out how to take all of this and experience it and do it on the road. And that's what I want. So as far as the wins and losses go, yeah, if they get a win, if they, if they have a terrific showing, I'll take it. I'll take it. But this, this first of all, nobody thought they would be here. There's not many people that thought they were going to the postseason when the season started. I have to admit, I did not. I said seven, eight wins. That'd be about it. So they've exceeded my expectations. But now they're here. Now you got to grab the experience. So you go, okay, next time we get here, now we know what to expect. You know? 877-867-1670, you can hit us up. When we come back, we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur uh, gave us the update and did confirm many things that we thought on Sunday, including the injury to Romeo Dobbs. We'll hear from him. Uh, we'll hear from Bab, uh, Packers head coach Matt LaFleur when we come back. Stay tuned. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Point Brewing. Brewing Excellence since 1857. They're going to have some point on hand. Down there at uh, Nice Ash coming up this Sunday. So between Point and Steel Tank Brewing, we're going to have some local beverages in the house as we sit back, relax, and watch the Packers take on the Dallas Cowboys this coming weekend. Thanks to our friends at Point Brewing. More of the Bill Michael. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Welcome back to the program. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on on this Tuesday, this snowy Tuesday. Um, Packers getting ready for the uh, for the Dallas Cowboys back at the practice field tomorrow. Yesterday, right after we got off the air, so you didn't get a chance to hear it here uh, at that point in time. But yesterday, Matt LaFleur spoke with the media and talked about some of the injuries as well and getting ready for Dallas. Take a listen to what Matt had to say. On a serious note, have you heard anything about Rome? Is there any long-term concern there? I checked in with Flea this morning. Uh, it seems to be he's doing better. So, uh, but he'll be he'll be day to day. I would say. You have to go to the hospital to get checked out. Yes. Yeah, Is he out now? Do you know? Oh yeah, okay. he he was back in the locker room after the game. Matt, you guys obviously had more young receivers step up. You know, you've dealt with a bunch of injuries to, to Christian, to Rome. What, what, above all else, has allowed those guys to just step in and not really miss a beat this entire year? Yeah, I think it's the way they prepare. I think it's the way they compete on a daily basis. I was really proud of the effort, and I know we all get caught up in the stats and, and what they're doing with, you know, in terms of the number of catches, receiving yards, the touchdowns, all that. But I thought really um, it, it really showed – just how competitive they were in the run game. There was some, some, just the effort, the physicality, the strain. I think when you get that from that core, it just brings a different dimension to your offense, a different feel to your offense, and that's something that we've always, we're always looking for. And I thought those guys really fought hard yesterday. The second half of the season was it just a matter of kind of adjusting to the pro game, or what was the difference the second half of the season? I think just more opportunities. Um, yeah, and and um, there's always a learning curve for every young player, but uh, you know I think his rapport is definitely developed with Jordan, and I mean the production of our offense as a whole is significantly better the back half of the season than it was early on. Left sideline, you said wasn't part of the progression. What what was the intended purpose of that play, and in what way did kind of Jordan see something different and, and improvise there? Well, really, we were supposed to get out of the play versus that look, and I'm glad he didn't. Sometimes it's not always how you design it, and um, but it, it's uh, we're, we're basically got two clear out routes, uh, and Jordan saw a hole in there. There was a hole. Uh, and, and he made a hell of a throw. And Jay Reed, uh, it was pretty close whether or not he was on the line. Um, after looking at it, I, I don't think he was, but uh, I didn't I didn't check out the TV copy or anything like that. So I, you, you guys might know better than me. But just from the coach's copy, I didn't think he. But it was it was pretty close. It was just a heck of a play by those two guys. And as fun as last night looked for for those guys and you. How do you make sure it, this team just isn't happy to be in? Because uh, I just think that I fully believe that these guys have the mindset of just showing up and, and continuing to work, try, try to get a little bit better. Um, we obviously know we have a great challenge in front of us going down to Dallas against a team that um, they're 8-0 at home this year. Um, they seem to be playing their best ball at home. And, uh, I mean, they're – Littered with pro bowlers, pro bowlers all over their roster. Uh, great scheme, great coaches, great players. So, um, you know, our guys, are, they, they know it starts with our the work that we put in and the preparation. And 
um, it's going to be a big week for us. Just the amount of growth this offense has seen from week one to week one of the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's why we do what we do. I mean, that that's your job as a coach is try to push people to get better and try to put them in situations where they are improving. And, um, you know, it's a credit to the guys. Again, the mindset, the, the habits that they've formed over the course of not only, uh, really the off season and then Going into the season, it's a it's a long journey. This is a long season for a lot of guys, and um, to have that that number of uh, you know rookies or youthful players on our roster, and um, but I think it was it was a benefit to us, to be honest with you. I think these guys just show up with great energy and um, continue to push each other each and every day. because you've seen this defense do it before and now you've seen these past two weeks the, the defense do it again. Do you, do you feel like you found some solutions going through that process that have carried over now and, and kind of those, those issues that you were seeing are, are kind of solved? Well, I think it, it's, it's always week to week in this league. We know that. I mean, you're only as good as your last performance and you got to make sure that you stay up on top of everything. And, um, you know, I, I do know this about when we have all 11 doing their job and playing as one, there's been some pretty good performances. It's just when, whether it's communication or somebody has a misassignment, that's when bad things happen. And that's not just, that's universally. That's all of football, whether it's offense, defense, special teams. Um, so I, I think we've done a better job these last couple games, just you know having all the guys on the same page maybe mixing a few things up, playing a little bit more aggressive at times. Um, certainly we knew yesterday stopping the run was going to be a critical, uh, especially with their ability to – I think they do a pretty good job in the run game. Uh, and then you to compound that with a quarterback that has the ability to run some of the zone read. And uh, it's, it's a really good challenge for our defense. But I thought our guys were committed to it, and they did a really nice job of just playing – doing their 111th. You want to get more involved on that side of the ball. How has that looked and then what, what kind of help do you think your, your presence, maybe increased presence there has, has made on that side? Well, I would say it's, it's like drastic. I, I think our guys have done a really nice job of uh, coming up with solid game plans and, um, you know, it's, it's always uh, a fine line of how much you want to get involved on the other side. I mean, certainly it's, it's my responsibility at the end of the day. Um, but I think there's, there's also just how much when you're a play caller, I, I've talked to a lot of other head coaches around the league and just in terms of how much time do you devote when you are the play caller, it is a challenge. Um, but certainly, you know, you're out there at practice, you got to be very locked in and, and um, making sure that there's nothing glaring out on the practice field that needs to get fixed before you go into game day. How would you face the Dallas' offense this weekend? The league will kind of bell and scoring. Just what is it about them that sticks out on tape, and how are they different offensively than maybe the team you faced a year ago? Well, they're just extremely explosive. Um, you know, I think Dak, Dak's playing at a really high level. They got uh, a really good offensive line. Um, obviously, CD's 
a problem. Um, but they got a lot of guys on that offense that just they've been able to make a bunch of explosive plays and they're scoring at a high rate. But I also I, I just think a lot of it comes down to how well the quarterback's playing. Over the years, a lot of players have talked to us about how, how just the speed of the game picks up and the intensity in the playoffs versus the regular season. From your vantage point on the sidelines, how true is that? And how do you get that message home to the young squad that hasn't experienced that? Yeah, I just think that every play is, is uh, you can't take a play off. I mean, uh, not that we ever want that, but I just think the intensity of the game is heightened. Um, every play is, guys are straining, and um, just from my experiences in the playoffs, and it's just, uh, everything's heightened. Hey, Matt, going back to Rob's question about not being happy to be here on the Obviously, execution is the most important thing, but from a vibe perspective, is there a value in being the team that, you know, you're the seventh seed, no one sees you as the favorite? Like, for these young guys that have never experienced this, what do you think kind of the value is of maybe being in the position you guys are in? Um, I don't know. I, I just, for that's for you guys to kind of discuss, I think it's, for us, it's just the opportunity. The opportunity to be in the dance and you know go down there and have a great week of preparation and put our best foot forward. I guess what I mean is, you know, if, if you're a young guy who's never done this, this could be a little bit overwhelming, maybe, right? Being in a playoff game, and these guys, maybe they just don't know what they don't know. But you don't get the sense that you have a group that would be tight or nervous. I think so. I think. Uh, like, I think we've been going through this the last few weeks. We knew it was at stake. Every, I mean, the last three weeks basically have, have been playoff games for us. Um, and so, really, it's just it's the next opportunity. When you talk about the progression with the offense, what role has the O-line had in that? Just how have you seen that unit kind of gel throughout the course of the season? Yeah, I think our O-line's done an outstanding job. I think, for the most part, the pass protection, you know, for the majority of the season has been pretty solid. I just think that we've done a little bit better job in the run game probably uh, coming off the ball, doing a good job of, you know, with our combination blocks or whatever blocking scheme we're using. And then it definitely doesn't hurt to have a healthy Aaron Jones in there as well. You mentioned the, the lineman there with, with us in the, in the front game. What have you thought of Rashid? Um, he, he had that one block on, I think it was a Jones run. I mean, he had, had his guy like 15 yards down. Uh, yeah, yeah, Edmonds, I mean, yeah it was, it was Edmonds, yeah. No, it was great. It was a great individual play um, you know I think Sheed's done a pretty good job I still think there's what's exciting about Sheed is there's still room for a lot of improvement I would tell you and um, but I think all in all he's he's handled himself well and he's going to continue to get better the more he plays you mentioned how everything's heightened in the playoffs and that said these past two weeks have almost for regular season games been kind of playoff games where you need a win to kind of extend your season as a guy that's playoffs. How much different has these past couple weeks been to what these young guys are going to face now when it is the actual postseason? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be the same mindset that we've had, and you try to, you try, you can preach that and talk about it all the time, but um, I think it, there's another thing going, you know, actually going and doing it. Um, so I think it's going to be just a great experience for our guys to go through this. And we're looking forward to the challenge. We had a great opponent at their home stadium, and um, they're playing some really good football right now. Hey Matt, you've had 
really, really good number one wide receivers in your time in the league. I'm not stupid enough to suggest that you wouldn't want a Devontae Adams type player in your wide receiver group. But is there a value in having so many guys that are kind of on the same level that no, you know, there's no pressure on the quarterback to always get the ball to the number one guy? The defense can't say, okay, this guy is the absolute one we have to. Is there anything to that, or am I crazy to think that? I think it, it allows, certainly, from the quarterback position uh, to read it, read whatever concept true to its how it's intended to be read. And, uh, you know, we've definitely been a part of teams where we've tried to force feed a guy the ball, and sometimes that does not work out in your favor. Other times it does. So, um, you know, I, I think – Jordan would tell you he's got a confidence in whoever's out there. All those guys have proven to make plays for us um, throughout the course of the season. Um, some big time plays last night, and you know, hopefully we can continue that. Can I ask you about the passing game? One uh, just before the half, Wicks trying to get out of bounds. I couldn't see. Was that a good play by the defender? What happened there? Yeah, that was a heck of a play by Stevenson. Um, you know, he was off further than I even. When I went back and watched it, he was off at like 12 yards. I think there are some things that we got to do from a, just a coaching perspective where we can't allow our wideouts to tighten down their split that far. So it's like a bang-bang play on the sideline. Um, we were way too tight, um, and that, that's, that's on me. That's my fault because we, we tend to do that with some of our concepts depending on what's called. And so I don't expect the – you know, a uh, young wideout in that situation to to think any different. So that 100% is on me. And then these last two games, from upstairs, you're looking at Jordan, he's back, and then he finds this, and then it's, there's Bobo Melton, wide open. And you see some of these plays four or five times a game in these last two games, where there's two or three guys wide open. I mean, are your young receivers, are they that fast? Is it the routes? Is it the quarterback? Is Seeing the field, is it new game plan stuff? I mean, uh, it just depends on the concept and the coverage contour and how the defense responds. But certainly we we try to game plan guys and try to get them open. It doesn't always happen that way. But I think, you know, the, I think the wideouts have done a really nice job, um, you know, just using their speed, coming off the ball. That's one thing that we always really talk to them about and, and – drill and coach and it's just the pad level of how you come up, come off the ball and um, those guys are doing a good job with that. Yeah, one touchdown allowed in the last two games. Has the defense just kind of picked up on the energy of a little more aggressive pressure calling from Joe and just kind of translated that into overall more play dictating things defensively? I think there were certain, certain situations that certainly played out that way, but I also think that just our execution has been much better. Uh, we're definitely been more disruptive. I think up front, you know, we're putting pressure on the quarterback, which always helps. I think we're playing the run pretty tough. So um, it'll be another great challenge this weekend. Luke got in and got a catch at the end of the game. In, in terms of his availability to you, was he on a snap count? And do you expect, based on his performance, that to grow this week going into the playoffs? Yeah, well, we. We didn't really know until late in the week whether or not he was even going to be available, to be honest with you. And it wasn't until about Friday. And by that time, the majority of the game plan's in. So we just thought it would be beneficial, even if it was um, 
minimal in terms of the number of snaps. I think that was a, a key play for him just to be able to catch the ball, take a hit, and get up from that, and it it not hurt him. So hopefully he can build upon that uh, for this weekend. So there you go. That was Matt LaFleur talking yesterday to the media and answering a lot of questions and getting – and did confirm that Romeo Dobbs did go to the hospital, but he was back in the locker room uh, quickly after. So that that's – which is good news. And he's listed his day-to-day at this point. We'll get official uh, injury reports and updates coming tomorrow. It would be great to be able to get uh, Dobbs back, uh, Christian Watson back, a lot of these guys back and healthy. And if they go down into Dallas at full strength and are able to work it all together – you know, who knows? I, I'm not saying they're going to win, but I, I'm just hoping that they go, like, toe-to-toe. Like, it's a really good game. That's what we're hoping for. You don't want to go down there and get blown out, but, again, the experience in the postseason and, and being able to say you've been there, done that, is is what it's all about. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Stoley's Hog Alley right there in Oconomowoc and Stoles 0109. Now, a lot of places are closed today, uh, but uh, this is a place that coming up this weekend, they got the fish fry, they've got the TVs, they've got the game on breakfasts on the morning in the mornings uh, on both Saturday and Sunday. It's just awesome, awesome place to go. Stoley's Hog Alley in Oconomowoc right there in Summit on Venice Beach Road. Then there's Stoles Old 109 in Watertown on County Road R. And the best part about it, as I mentioned, the fish fry. The fish fries are fantastic, and they use that salted rye bread I talk about with them all the time. Uh, but if you're not going there for a fish fry, that's fine. They have great burgers and pizzas and just a terrific atmosphere and just a lot of fun. Uh, both places are just awesome, and it's just owned by two great people, which is uh, Jeff and Alicia Stoll. So uh, by all means, uh, if you're looking for a place to go, you're out in Lake Country, you're up in Watertown, head out to Stoley's Hog Alley in Lake Country, a Stoll's Old 109 up in Watertown. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back on the program. Hey, uh, a side note uh, to some of the things that we've been talking about. Uh, don't look now, but Wisconsin. Marquette, number 11 in the country. Wisconsin has climbed to number 15 in the latest AP poll. And uh, the Badgers uh, tomorrow night taking on the Ohio State Buckeyes. But uh, the, uh, the Badgers playing some pretty good basketball right now. The only undefeated team when it comes to conference play in the Big Ten. And they continue to move up. Now, uh, they're 11-3 overall this season. And uh, like I said, they're the only Big Ten team without a loss in league play. Uh, They're at Ohio State tomorrow night. And the Buckeyes coming off the 71-65 loss uh, at Indiana. But uh, don't look now, but great guards, guys, playing some really good hoops right now. Some really good basketball. So that's something, obviously, once we start to turn the corner from uh, we've gone from college football now with Michigan winning Last night, knocking off Washington. Now you start to make the turn into college hoops, and we got two really good basketball teams here in the state of Wisconsin. So we'll start looking over that fence, considering that the uh, the NBA style of basketball right now not getting it done on a consistent basis. I mean, don't get me wrong; the Bucks are winning, but they continue to play, uh, you know, defenseless basketball. They're not going to go far in the postseason. All you're doing is just kind of you know manipulating yourself into the postseason just to watch yourself get beat, because just things aren't getting any better. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, you can. Don't forget, also, Ryan Wood is going to be joining us. Covers Green Bay Packers for PackersNews.com. 
And we'll talk with Ryan Wood coming up here in about 15 minutes from now as well. So we got all that going on today, uh, but just a lot of different stuff. And I don't know if you listened to the uh, postgame presser and some of the comments the other day from uh, Justin Fields, but uh, it sounds like he's saying goodbye. Talk to you later. I'm out. I get the sense I'm out. So uh, it sounds like he feels like the uh, Chicago Bears have made the decision to move on to go to Caleb Williams. So all of that as well. So there's a lot there. Lots, a lot of stuff to get into today. And we got a whole lot of Packers chatter coming up as well. Stay right where you're at. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show is coming up. Coming up right after this.